hello, welcome to second episode of, I still don't know what I'm going to call this, um, but yeah, big up everyone that sort of messaged me, left feedback on the last one, because it was all pretty much either positive or it was constructive, so I appreciate that, and um, yeah, I'll take everything on board, a lot of people said that they want me to sort of get someone else to talk as well, and I hear that, and that will probably happen long term, but just for the f- just for now, like I just want to get a few episodes of just me, sort of just spitballing, seeing if people enjoy that. So, cause that, that's what I prefer. But obviously, if people, if the people want me to, you know, get someone else to talk, that makes sense. So, whatever. Innit? And a lot of people said sound quality as well. I doubt that'll improve. I'm not gonna lie, cause I'm not gonna buy a mic just for something that um that I sort of I'm just doing this for fun, so I'm not gonna spend like a, a ton of money on mics. Unless anyone knows any cheap ones, like, I'll, anything that's under, like, 30, 40 quid, like, I'll probably, I don't mind that, innit? But, um, but yeah, like, let me know if there's one for that price, but otherwise, I doubt the sound will improve. I'll just keep recording on my phone. And, um, and yeah, that's pretty much it. Obviously, uh, there's a lot of stuttering in the last one, and part of that is me not having notes. Like, I know I've got notes to sort of help me in that, but, um, I'm not, like, that's just me, like, I'm not even a coherent speaker, so... That'll probably happen even if I'm reading off a script. So, yeah, let's just get into this now because I asked some people to send me questions. So, let's go. So, the first question Are football fans becoming overly obsessed with terms such as net spend? So, I don't actually think football fans are that obsessed with net spend. I don't hear it that much. It probably gets spoken about as much as it needs to be, if that makes sense. Like, um, it's definitely more of a complete overview of, of how much a team spends than than just looking at their purchases or how much money has gone out of the, you know, their expenditures. Like, for me, the best example is Liverpool. Under Klopp, they've probably spent, like, three, 300 million, 350. But about half of that has been generated through, um, through Coutinho. I don't have the exact figures, but I'd say about half of that has come from Coutinho. And they've lost, arguably, the best player at the time. And that has funded... the That, is, that alone has funded the Alisson and Van Dijk deals. So a lot of people have said, like, ah, oh, Liverpool... Like, a lot of people have tried to compare Liverpool spending to City, which I don't agree with one bit. Like, it's not comparable at all. City spends about... About 100 million a season, I'd say. Like, they can afford to just buy... Rodri and Cancelo this summer and that's it like and and no one bats an eyelid because that's just standard whereas Liverpool haven't spent a penny this year this summer and they, they could have bought someone but my point is they sort of have um they have to generate a lot of their cash a lot more of their cash through player sales than City if that means, like City you know if um like City let Delft go for about what 8 million this summer they probably they probably couldn't care less how much they get if, as long as it's between like as long as it's acceptable, as long as it's between like five and fifteen million, whereas Liverpool really they're push they're squeezing every penny out of these these mid table players, so uh, that's that's I think when people talk about net spend, it's important, but it's not everything if that makes sense. And I don't think people treat it as if it's everything, so I don't think people I don't think football fans are overly obsessed with it. it it's probably spoken about fairly, and yeah. It's it's a tricky question, but yeah, hopefully I've answered it well enough.
Um, next question is, do you feel like the top six clubs will keep on amassing points at a normal rate, such as last season? Uh, now, I don't, I don't know if you mean just City and Liverpool by abnormal rate, because Chelsea, United, Spurs and Arsenal definitely didn't get an abnormal number of points. Like, I think Chelsea got 72 points with, um, they got third with 72 points. And that is no, that is not abnormal at all. Like, that's actually pretty, that's pretty low for a, for a third place finish, I'd say. So, they can definitely keep this, this, this up. Like, it wouldn't surprise me if their, their tally actually gets considerably lower this season. Chelsea and United especially. Um, City and Liverpool, it's a bit different. So, City, yeah. Like, they can keep this up because they're, they're an abnormal team. Like, they spend an abnormal amount of money. And Pep is just, a, like, an amazing manager. Like, probably the best manager in the world. So, City definitely can keep this up. Like, I'd be shocked if they got less than 90 points this season. Which is still... That is still abnormal. Like, teams bef- before um before Pep, at, like, the highest was, like, Mourinho with, what, 95 and Conte got 92, I think. And then it was pretty... Like, it didn't happen that many times before that. It happened, like, maybe three or four times. That team's got 90 points. So, 90 points happening, again, would be abnormal. But I think they'll do it because they're amazing. Even with Sane out for six months, apparently, they are just... They've they'll, they've got Jesus to step in. Or they've got Sterling that will play on the left and Bernardo on the right. Like, it's not it's not really an issue for them. So... I just think City will City will do it. City can keep it up as long as Pep's there, um, and as long as they've got that financial backing, because that has helped a lot, obviously. Um, Liverpool, uh, I wouldn't say definitely not, but they, I I don't I can't see any world in which they get ninety points again. They got I think ninety seven last year, and I don't want to say like it's undeserved, because like no 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 it was I'm not gonna lie it was undeserved to get that many points even though they were the second best team and like this is like they deserve to win Champions League blah 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 they they're probably one of they're probably the second or third best team in the world but in the league they got very lucky like some of the things that happened are it's it's luck that can't be repeated again or it won't happen again so the the pick the Origi goal against Everton that immediately springs to mind because like what the f- that's probably one of the maddest things I've seen on the pitch, on a football pitch ever. There's no way that happens again or something like that happens again. And there were there were another few circumstances like that like against Spurs there was that Salah goal where Lloris let it through and well I don't even know I remember what happened but that was just that was just a fluky as hell. Um. I thought this is like the Spironi one. Spironi. This guy plays like one game a season. And the one game he played, he threw it into his own net. And Salah scored. Stuff like that, yeah. Chelsea... No, not Chelsea. Liverpool probably got about 8 to 10 points. um, Just off complete, like, luck. And that's not even trying to downplay them. Because they did well. Like, their defence was amazing last year. It's just that, like, some of the goals are just really lucky. And that won't happen again. And then when you take into account the fact they haven't bought anyone, the fact that their front three were fit pretty much the whole of last season, and when they missed a game or two, Origi was you know turned into like Messi. That that won't happen again. Like Mane will probably get an injury this season, like a hamstring or something, because he played so many minutes last year. Hasn't really had re- he's had what two weeks of rest after coming back from African Cup of Nations. 
he will probably pull up with a hamstring injury at some point this season. And then Origi's playing on the left. And you don't want him playing more than five, six games, or starting more than five, six games a season. So even though it's not the end of the world, it will cost them points. Like Mane, Firmino, Salah getting injured will cost them points because they'll have much worse players to fill in. And I think this is sort of into another point, but I think Liverpool seriously fucked up not getting like a backup centre forward or a left winger, someone like Depay that can just cover both positions because their left wing and striker depth is literally Origi, Brewster, Chamberlain can play there. I'm not sure if he can, he might even be his first choice uh, centre mid this season, so we can't really include him. And I'm sure, like, they'll be fine. Like, they'll get second comfortably, I think. But there's no way they get anywhere near 98 points again. Like, if, if last season happened again, there's that they'll probably finish in about 87, 88 points. They'll be 10 points worse off. So when you take that into account, and you take into account the fact they're going to probably be worse this season because they'll have more injuries, they haven't improved. In, in this league, yeah, if you don't make signings, you will go backwards. Like there's rare circumstances like Spurs, but we actually we were actually a bit worse last season, and we just did really well in the Champions League. But our league our league form was a lot worse, and every metric like expected goals, expected goals against we were a lot worse than the season before. So we actually went backwards last season. We just got quite lucky in a few two legged ties. Like if if that Sterling goal against us in Champions League counted or if whatever like if City like got the luck they a bit of more luck in that game or didn't get so unlucky um, or you know I think there was a penalty that I deserved to get or no it was the Lorente goal that's what happened the Lorente goal was probably a humble if that happens and we go out in the quarter final no one talks about Spurs improving without spending a penny like you need to spend money or you'll go backwards in this league so Liverpool are probably going to be quite quite a bit worse um next season this season at least points wise like performance wise they'll probably be similar but they just won't get those lucky goals like they did last year so yeah to answer your question i went on a bit of a tangent but to answer your question um city will keep on amassing these points but liverpool probably not and the rest they're not they're not amassing they're just amassing average points for for where they're finishing um, next question what does a player from 7 to 20th so basically mid-table need to do to prove he's worth well not mid-table outside the top 6 what does what does what does a player from 7 to 20 need to do to prove he's worth a serious money move to a top 16 um, so I actually don't think the, the step up from 7 to 20th or especially 7 to 10 11 is that big to like a top 16 to like a United or an Arsenal or a Spurs like there's players that are that play for these teams that are shit that that there's a lot of players outside the top six that would improve these teams so for example there's guys like um Ashley Young before this season Foyth now is probably going to be first choice right back uh Kalasnach especially the fullback area Kalasnach um, Mustafi, Kashani played a lot last season. Jaka, uh, uh, there's all they're not terrible footballers. It will be like, there's all these players that they're good, but um, but there's players outside the top six that are considerably better, and that that the step up isn't that big. So 
I don't think it's it's like you need a certain type of mentality or something or you need to have done it for five seasons to prove that you're worthy of playing for United or Arsenal, blah, blah, blah. Wan-Bissaka had a good season and a half and he's clearly good enough for United. Like he's clearly much better than all their fullbacks. So when you look at previous transfers, like previous outside top six to top six transfers, so your Mane, Maguire, Van Dijk, Lukaku, uh, Mares, Robertson, these guys were all pretty established before they came to that team. So they were all one of the best players outside the top six um, in their respective positions. So that's all That's all you kind of need to do, just be one of the best in the league um, in your respective position. I don't think you need like a certain mentality or whatever. Um, also, the, the top six has only been around for like three, it's only been established for like three years. Like before that, you had Southampton finishing top six. Obviously, Leicester won the Prem. Uh, I think West Ham got it one season. Um, and yeah, so I don't think it's that it's, it's that big a step up. And the only thing I will say actually is I think um, I think if these players that are talented outside the top six, they need to show that they're more than just potential. That's the one thing I'd say. They need to show that they actually they need to have at least a season or two that they've been really good in the prem, and shown that they're more than just a promising young player. So, I think the best example is. Richarlison, first season at Watford. Um, firstly, all these top six clubs are pretty rich, um, especially your United's, City's, maybe Liverpool, Chelsea. Uh, they can all afford to splash seventy eight million on a player, without not without batting an eyelid, but just pretty. You know, they can do that on probably two players a window, and then, you know if they you know if they generate a few. Uh, if they sell a few players, they can probably get enough money to do to to spend that and still be, you know, comply with uh, financial fair play. So, there's no need for a team like United or Chelsea to take a risk on Richarlison after his first season at Watford. So this is, so I'm comparing Richarlison first season to Richarlison last season. There's no need for a team in the top six to take a risk on someone that's just potential because Richarlison a lot of people said he's like really talented because if you look at if you look at his first season at Watford he only scored five league goals which is average but his expected goals were like 11 or 12 which for a 20 year old at a pretty average team is insane like it's pretty unheard of um, in the Prem unless you're like Jesus or one of the best young talents at top team especially like it never happens at a, a Watford or you know so it makes sense for a team like Everton to, to take a punt on Richarlison because he's he's not really he's got potential but he's he's unproven like he might just be shit he might have had one season of getting quite a lot of chances because of a certain system or you know it, it it's happened before where players just had one good season or shown promise for one season and then they've just dropped off completely for whatever reason so it makes sense for a team like United or City, whatever, to wait to see if that player's legit or to see if they've had a couple good seasons before before buying them. Whereas an Everton or a a Wolves or a you know a Watford, they can afford to take these sort of more punt these puntier you know these punts basically. Um, another example is probably Harvey Barnes. Like he he's shown a lot of promise right now like his his underlying stats are crazy like 
I think more shots in the box than Salah last season. I know it's a small sample. He only played like half season, so it's a small sample size. But yeah, his expected goals are up there with like um with like Lacazette and uh those sorts of players like uh even similar to Kane, I think. But Kane was pretty low last season, so yeah. But his basically his underlying stats are really good for for a young winger. Especially for someone that's playing for like a team that's not great, you know, Leicester are decent, but then them they finished what ninth, tenth last season. So he's showing a lot of promise, but it makes no sense for a top team to buy him yet, or there's no need for a, a United or a Spurs to take that risk yet. So it makes sense for them to sort of wait to see if he's more than just potential, because he might just have he might have just had good underlying stats for about a thousand minutes, which happens. It's, it could just be that he's actually shit, and he's just had. I don't know, like, it just happens, like, players have decent runs of form, 10, 10, 11, 12 appearances, not enough to sort of show that a player is really good, but um, as, I, I do think Barnes is a legit good, but you never know, so it makes sense for, for to wait for him to have his breakout season before buying him, so I'd say, I hope that sort of answers it, so yeah, I think the player needs to show that they're more than just, you know, potential, show more than just promise, and actually have a, a at least one or two good seasons in the Prem. You know, all these guys that I mentioned, like Mane, Maguire, Lukaku, Van Dijk, they they all had a couple good seasons in the Prem before they were bought. You know, if, if Mane was bought after his first season, I must, he would have probably still done well, but there's no... It was a lot less of a guarantee than, you know, waiting three waiting for him to get 10-plus goals. Was it for two or three seasons at Southampton? I think it was two. I think it was two seasons. But, yeah. So yeah, hopefully that's answered it. It's a bit of a long, long-winded answer, but yeah, that's why I'd say. Um, next one: thoughts on Aguero scoring twenty for what will be the sixth consecutive season, something that's never been done before. Yeah, I mean, everyone knows Aguero, so like, there's n- there's nothing more that really needs to be said about Aguero. Um, if he scores twenty-three, he becomes the third highest ever scorer in the Prem. And yeah, his status is just cemented. Like even if he, even if he doesn't do anything this season, he's won about four Premier Leagues. He's probably got the most iconic moment in Premier League history. Um, like he's just a legend. Like for me, as someone who's only like twenty, who hasn't really seen Rooney, Lampard, Gerrard, Henri week in week out. Uh, you know, I've seen him much of the day, but not watching like every match. Aguero as well as Hazard, they're probably the two standout players that I've seen in the Premier in my lifetime, in terms of longevity, because they've been doing it for about seven, eight years now, and yeah, like Aguero for me, I like, he's he's about to become the third highest ever scorer, and I've seen every goal, like, not not literally every goal, but I've, I've, I remember his debut, and I've seen like, his last eight, nine years in the Prem, I've seen him become one of the best strikers in the world, Um, you know, him break all sorts of records, so, for me, Aguero, the only striker that's better than him in the Prem ever is Henri. And that's just based off what people say. Because for me, he's better than anyone I've seen. Like Better than better than Van Persie, uh, Torres, uh, Suarez. Suarez didn't have enough time. Because I've always argued Suarez is better than Aguero. But, but yeah, I think Aguero, nothing, nothing really needs to be said about him. Like Everyone knows he's amazing. Everyone knows he's a legend. Yeah, he's in my Premier League all-time 11, so yeah. Hopefully he does it. I'm not sure, like, Jesus will play a lot more this season, I think. Because he's just, he look, he's getting better every season, I think. 
so his minutes will probably be reduced and um he's always going to Aguero always seems to get an injury every season so yeah hopefully he does it but I'm not too confident I'd probably say it's 50-50 chance right now because the last couple of seasons he scraped as well I think I think he got 21 in 16-17 and oh 17-18 he got 20 in 16-17 he got 21-17-18 and last season I think got 21 again so he's just just about getting 20 and he's getting older every he's well everyone's getting older but he's getting he's now 31 32 like he's getting on and he's probably on the he's probably past his best already so it would not shock me if he got less than 20 um talk about how Arsenal will regret selling Awobi okay so the thing is yeah I like Awobi but I don't actually think they'll regret selling him much or uh, it won't I don't think it'll cost them like top four or anything or Europa League like if they don't make top four it'll be because their defence is shit or you know because Mustafi or Xhaka or whoever Kolasinac they've got too many minutes so their attack is really good like even without it will be Aubameyang um, Lacazette Pepe is fine and Ozil you need that creativity I'd play Ozil but probably you won't play but that front three especially is already amazing. The thing is, I just think it's such an unnecessary risk to take from Arsenal. Like, I don't get why they did it so late. No one can tell me that it was about um, they need to like balance the books or whatever. Because surely they would they would have done that before they sold someone before they um yeah before they surely they would have sold the player before they bought all these players. You know, you don't buy all these players and then you and then you sell the player. You know, you get the money. And then you and then you and you buy the players like that's how it works. So, and if so, it's just really terrible with squad planning. Like they've now got to sort of rely on Nelson, Mickey, and what uh, Martinelli to be capable backups, and those aren't terrible options. But it could be better. Like what is the what is the benefit in selling Roby now when you won't spend the money until at least January? to me it just seems silly like his price from now to january would not have dropped that much that you had to sell him now immediately or you'd never see that money again you know it's not like his contract is up at the end of the season so you have to sell him now arsenal could have kept him for another six months or a season he would have probably improved in that time and they could have got a similar amount of money or maybe lost five ten million here or there like well you know so it just seems like a really silly risk to take and hopefully it costs them because I think it, I just I just hate seeing stupid decisions and I feel like that's a really stupid decision from, from them, from Emery, whoever. Um, but yeah, the only thing I'll say is that the reason I think they won't regret it is I just don't think it will be is ever going to be amazing, especially as a winger, which under Emery, that is where he played like every game pretty much. Like if you look at football today, uh, wingers pretty much all of them are, are fo- they're like forwards. Like they they score goals. If if they can create chances as well, that's a, that's like a positive now. You know you've got guys like, uh, Salah, Sterling, Hazard, um, who else? These sort of wingers they all get fifteen plus goals a season, plus they're creative. It's like a bonus if they can also do what wingers were meant to do about ten years ago. Um, so they are basically forwards. You have to judge them as forwards. 
um, Iwobi will never ever be a, a great goal scorer. Like it's just not. Um, it's not. I wouldn't say it's not in his nature, but he just. He just doesn't have great movement. He's not got great shot. Um, you know, with with other players like Sterling, people said uh, people wrote him off really early. He was always getting in good positions. Like it's just his finishing was off, and then obviously now he's getting way more chances because he plays under Pep, and his finishing's way better. But um, and he's way more confident. Blah blah. blah. But I just don't see that potential ever. Be as a goal scorer anyway. He's never going to be more than six, seven goals max. Um, but yeah, I just think people are writing him way too, writing him off way too early. Like I saw that earlier, Zaha at Iwobi's age had six Premier League goals in seventy nine appearances. That is that is terrible. But look at Zaha now. Like he's got he he's got twenty six in the last three seasons. I think like he's a he's a ten goal a season winger. So I'm not saying Iwobi will reach that level either. Well, he'd probably be better than Zaha, but he um he won't reach that level of goals. But um but I just don't I don't see how people have written him off already. Like it makes no sense to me. And forty million is not that much in this market. Like it's it's decent money for him. But Arsenal but Arsenal didn't need to sell him, I think. Um but as I was saying as well, this is the thing, I don't see him ever becoming a great left winger. Because um, if you look at wingers today, yeah, the best wingers that are not that great at scoring but are great creators it's probably guys like Bernardo or Willian or Douglas Costa like that is um that is Iwobi's like peak that is who he should be aspiring to be like and that is not great like okay Bernardo's a great player but if you're a winger you don't want to be aiming to be as good as Bernardo Silva on the wing like to me that's you know that's not great I think so you know I, I just think he is futures somewhere centrally. Like when you look at what he's good at, he's great at dribbling, progressing the ball, passing, stuff like that. He's not great at um, you know, sort of going down he's not great at running in behind and finishing stuff like that. That's not his game. So if he was used as an attacking midfielder and his it would sort of uh, it would cover up his weaknesses, I think. So the fact he's not a great goal scorer and doesn't run in behind much, but it would allow him to thrive. Like his his creative, uh, his creative skills would be sort of better there than on the wing, I think. And it would allow it would free up a space on the wing for an actual, you know, someone like Amani or a Sterling on the wing. Like I'm not saying he'll go to Everton, but someone like that, even a Richarlison. Iwobi would thrive playing with two actual wingers next to him, I think. So, that's sort of my take on it. It sort of went on a bit of a tangent as well. Like, um, instead of writing all about Iwobi, you know, I could have just, uh, I could have just said like, well, what, how Arsenal will they regret it? But, um, yeah, I just don't think they'll regret it much. But he's a he's he's a really talented player, I think, and uh, it's a shame that he's gone. Like you, you sort of want to see those boyhood, um players do well at their boyhood club guys like Kane Rashford Zaha uh, yeah it would be like you want to see them do well at the club they they came through like, they've been at the academy since they were like four years old or whatever so to me it's a shame but yeah hopefully he does well now um, and yeah hopefully I answered that well do you think there needs to be a cap on transfer spending on players to stop hyperinflation in the market uh, so 
this is kind of tricky because I don't really know what 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 the cap means. Like if 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 that means a cap on the actual price a player can be transferred for. So, um, like say Rashford has a cap of a hundred million. Who decides that? Like who who decides how much a player is worth? Like the market decides that. And the club decides that. So I don't think that would literally be impossible to implement because it's, it's it would be someone in office, you know, writing down like, oh yeah, this player's worth this. That's not how football works. Like that, players are not. It's not like FIFA where they have ratings or, you know, a club decides how much a player's worth and the market decides how much a player's worth. So that simply wouldn't that wouldn't be implemented. That I don't know how that would even work, and you know. Uh, and then the other sort of alternative is like financial fair play which is already sort of in place like a cap on how much teams can spend but even that is sort of like like the, I don't think the problem is the team spending the money it's, it's, it's the fact that so much money is in football that is the that is the root of the problem and you know so say you put cap on how much the team can spend yeah say you said say say you put like a cap on uh, basically, how much a team could spend? Say, 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 City could only spend a hundred million a summer, and all these, all these sort of players um went down in price. So Maguire would no longer cost eight five million. He'd be capped to like fifty, or you know, Cancelo would only cost thirty or forty. Whatever. Let's just. I'm just putting these numbers out there. This would help the richer teams because that hundred million can now get them better players than it can now. So I actually think that the inflation is actually a pretty good thing if we're talking about bridging the gap between the top teams and the the smaller clubs. So teams like Leicester can afford to turn down seventy five million for Maguire. I think that's amazing. Like that's not something that we should be like, oh yeah, football's gone down the drain. I think that's good. Like they they either get eighty five million for a pretty good defender or they keep a pretty good defender. That's a win win for West for for Leicester. And in the process, they're also uh, costing United eighty five million. So they're spending United this summer spent one hundred and thirty million on two mid table players. I think that's great. Like that is so good for them for those clubs. So I don't think it's a bad thing at all. And uh, this whole inflation thing, it's a bit weird. Like, I'm a hypocrite because even I, I'm not a fan of it. But you know the the fact that Maguire cost as much as Bale six seasons ago. It, it does irk me a little bit but in the grand scheme of things it's pretty good if we're talking about you know making sure that the cities and the Liverpools and whoever the Chelsea's are not just running away with it and getting you know getting further and further away from the, the outside of the top six so I, I don't think I don't think we should be looking to sort of uh, reduce you know put a cap or whatever I think we should just let the market sort of dictate dictate what happens, and I think people have already said to me that this inflation is already slowing down a bit. So it's still the inflation is still um prices still inflating constantly, but the rate at which it's happening is slower than it used to be. So yeah, I I just don't see it as a big problem honestly. I think I think it's good that these teams can now sort of turn down loads of money. Like Palace can turn down seventy million for Zaha. I think that's great. And the fact that Everton can bid seventy million for Zaha. Like I know Everton are taken over by um like I forgot what they're called like Mashari or something. They're these rich owners. 
but the point is that the gap between these top clubs and the outside the top six clubs is it's getting smaller and smaller with every transfer window I think maybe City are an exception because they're getting better just because of Pep like they're, they're buying players but they're also just getting better because cause they've got a great manager and Liverpool as well to a certain extent even though they didn't buy anyone this summer but the rest of the the, the gap between Arsenal United, Chelsea and Wolves, Leicester, Everton is getting smaller and smaller every season I think and in a couple of seasons, it would not shock me if this established top six is broken up. So yeah, hopefully that answered the question. And yeah, final two questions. I'll try and wrap them up pretty quickly because I've been talking for ages now. Um, who's had the best transfer window and who's had the worst? So I'm guessing this is just Premier League because everyone else is still doing their thing else inside Europe. Um, I'll say, honestly... Without being biased, I think Tottenham had the best window. Like when you look at the problems we needed to address, like our midfield was shambolic last season, and we've gone and addressed that. We've bought two, two of the best under twenty three midfielders in the world, probably like at least two of the top ten. Endombele is definitely top five. Um, Sessegnon's a good little signing for when Rosa inevitably leaves. Um, the only thing I'll say about Sessegnon actually, I'm happy with the signing, but I just think. Um, we paid twenty five million because he was a good winger in the championship, and I don't feel like that's relevant at all now that we're using him as a left back. Like uh, I saw somewhere that he's gonna be used as a winger this season, but then he'll be used as a left back presumably when Rose leaves. But what? Why does him being a good winger in the championship? Why should that? Um, why should we be paying more money for that? Like I just don't. It feels like we paid money based on his 16 goal season which will not count for anything at Tottenham like, it will not count for anything when he plays left back for us so that's the only thing I'm a bit like a bit annoyed about because I'm sure there's better left back talents somewhere that are just not worth are not worth 25 million because they've scored a ton of goals so yeah but I'm not like I'm not angry like it's still it's still a good signing I'd say and um and yeah we also got that that clerk guy who I'm, I, I know nothing about um, I think Brighton had a un, had an underrated window. Like they signed a lot of decent players. Like Trossard is meant to be good. Got better numbers than Wesley last season. Um, they got Mopai from from Brentford, who's meant to be pretty good. They got Webster, who's meant to be decent. Uh, Moyes, alright. I'm not his biggest fan, but they've just made some decent additions, and I'm surprised so many people are tipping them to get relegated. I think it's because they were so bad last season. And a lot of people just weren't happy at Hewton getting sacked. So now it's like, yeah, you've lost that stability. So you're definitely going down. Whereas I actually think, I feel like they're being freed from the shackles of, of Hewton and his like negative style of play. So yeah, Brighton are one to keep an eye on. They've been playing free for free pre-season. So I think they're like the new sort of, like the hips, the team in the Premier League, hopefully. Like they've got guys like Basuma and Doni. These are like really talented young players and... Like I hope I just want to see them do well under under quite a young, attack-minded manager. Um, worst window was definitely Palace, like without a doubt. It's not even just one Bissaka. It's not even Zaha. Like they lost one Bissaka, who's obviously a big miss, but that's not a big issue. Like I think Palace are good defensively because because of Hodgson's system. I think, um, and yeah, like the the chance of individual mistakes is a lot higher with Ward rather than one Bissaka, but. I still think they'll be one of the best defences outside the top six. But um, 
But they've lost back Shuai as well. Like he was pretty good for them on loan last season. Got about five, six goals, which is probably the difference between them being what thirteenth and them being sixteenth, seventeenth. And then then you take into account that Zaha's unsettled for a bit. It'll probably for like it'll t- probably take about a month or two to get going. And I just don't see where the goals are gonna come from. Like Benteke is finished. Um Townsend, I don't think he's ever hit more than five, six goals. Zaha's good, but he can't do it all himself. Like his, he's probably gonna get about ten goals again. Um, to who scores for them? I don't get it. Like they've made some, they made signings like Camarasa and McCarthy, which they're all right, but they need more. Like they really needed an, a striker, and they just didn't. They didn't seem to go all out. For, they they went all out for that shallow guy, but that's it. Like they they should have prioritized a striker this summer. They like they should have. They should have known that if they don't sign a striker, they're probably going to be in a relegation scrap this season. And they just didn't sign a striker. And to me, that's like, they're begging to be relegated now because their striker options are Benteke, Jordan Ayew, and then Zaha and Townsend as wingers. Like, it's it's actually shocking. Like, it's one, it's one of the worst in the league. And, yeah, I think Hodgson will be the first manager to go. And, yeah, Palace, hopefully they stay up. Like, they're my local team. But um, it's not looking good for them. And uh, yeah, and the final question is, which players are you looking forward to seeing the most this season? Um, I'm guessing this is play like, um, players that are sort of new to the league. I'd say rather than, yeah, I want to see how Richarlison does again. Like, I think I think Pulisic is the one that's like most exciting from from a neutral point of view. Just seeing what he can do, um, as like the main man of the team. Because I don't, I don't see who else is gonna sort of pick up that mantle um, he's gonna you know he just he's a fun player to watch like he just dribbles loads um, you know he's I don't know something about him is just so like so quick he's got those little legs um, Pulisic should be really good to watch uh, the only problem is obviously Lampard like just based off last season doesn't look like he's a manager that knows how to like create great chances but We've only got one season to sort of judge him off, so maybe it's a bit harsh. But um, but yeah, Pulisic, I think, for now is uh, definitely one to watch. The only thing is that he's he's playing mostly on the wing in pre-season, and that is that is not great. Like it's not his best position, so he's a bit wasted there. But he's so fun to watch. Like that whole attack, Lanzini, Anderson, for and Haller. It feels so like on paper, it just looks so good. You know, you've got you've got the big man who's actually really good at um, linking up play and passing and stuff like that. Anderson's pretty, you know, he's got a good shot. He's quite dribbly. For now, it's just really dribbly. And then Lanzini is a bit of everything. He's like a budget Coutinho. So that attack looks really fun, and especially for now, like I'm looking forward to seeing him. Um. I already mentioned him, but Harvey Barnes, I just want to see him have a full season now. It looks like all Brighton starting the season on the left, but he'll break into that team soon enough. And it should be really fun to watch. Like, someone who, like, looks at stats quite a bit, so, someone that just shoots a ton inside the box and gets chances, it's just really good to see players like that develop and sort of build on their their promise. Because last season, yeah, I, f- I think I already mentioned it, but his underlying stats were, like, up there with with Salah, like in terms of shots in the box, his expected goals was up there with like Lacazette, um, higher than Richardson stuff like that. So, 
I'm really looking forward to seeing Harvey Barnes, how he develops. Rodgers is meant to be pretty good with wingers as well, so he'll be good to watch. Um, I think Diogo Jota is going to be really good. Um, he's like, he had, a, he, he had a breakthrough season last season, so I can't really say like he's, everyone knows about him now, but um, like I just think Jota is so good. Like he's gonna, he's probably going to get about, about 15 goals this season. Or maybe thereabouts, like thirteen, fourteen, and he's gonna. I think he's gonna have one of the seasons where, in like five years, people are gonna be like, "Oh yeah, the streets won't forget Jota's twenty nineteen twenty season." So that's what that's what I'm hoping for, anyways. So those are probably the four or five players I'm looking forward to the most. And yeah, that's it, pretty much. Um, thanks for everyone that sent in a question. Thanks for listening. And yeah, obviously, let me know more feedback. If it's, like, unbearable to listen to just one person speaking, or if the quality is, like, horrible, just let me know. And yeah, thanks.